From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, my co-host today, Haley Melodic, taking over for uh, Neil McCready, who is still on vacation. He's going to be there all week, but we're going to podcast to you all week as well. Zach Berry with you yesterday, and we'll return tomorrow as well. Zach and I doing kind of a little bit of a book report idea going down memory lane as we... Uh, Talk about some of uh, a couple of our favorite topics over the course of the last 10, 12 years, something like that with Ole Miss Athletics. We'll get to that tomorrow, but today we're going to chat with Haley coming to you uh, from the Clark Ford studio. I'll tell you about that in a second. First, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford, all blue sky locations in Mississippi, including the Oxford Exxon Use the Speed Pass Plus app to take care of your fuel buying needs. Easy to do it, safest way to do it. You can pay right there on the app without having to go inside, and you can be on your way uh, as safe as possible with the Blue Sky and the Oxford Exxon. And again, with Clark Ford Studio, Corey is in Amory, Highway 25 South, 662-257-1900 is the phone number. Give him a call. Wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy, and he will take care of you. There are discounts for mentioning the podcast, and I'll get you a quote within 15 minutes during business hours there with Clark Ford. Again, 662-257-1900. And I guess in a weird way, Haley is uh, coming to us from the Rafters on uh, Rafters Food and Music Hotline. Rafters on the Water is open, located at the Sardis Marina. Come experience outdoor dining unlike any place in North Mississippi. Shrimp and Mississippi catfish platters, uh, gourmet burgers, Louisiana-style po'boys served on Leidenheimer French bread. Wednesday to Thursday, 3.30 to 10.00. Friday to Sunday, 11 to 10. You can uh, do carryout and curbside orders available. 662-712-6162 is the uh, number. Haley, appreciate it. It's been a couple weeks since we uh, we talked, so at least on, on air, you're back, you're settled in, and kind of waiting on the semester, but that is, uh, that's changed for you a little bit here in the last couple weeks. Yeah, um, I got the news yesterday that my classes have been moved all to remote learning, so little frustrating. I was looking forward to, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said everything, we're going to be in person. We're going to be sitting there. We're going to be with the professors. And so I was a little shocked um, to get that news yesterday. And from what I've heard, everyone else's are moving to remote. It was up to the professors to decide what they wanted to do. So, I mean, if you have the ability to stay at home, kind of makes sense that they were going to, but a little frustrating just to do the Zoom calls all over again makes everything a little bit more difficult. So you mentioned all your classes. What, what, what I mean, I don't think this is classified material. What what classes are you taking? What does your schedule look like? What, what, like, what are we talking about being online this, this, this yeah, semester? I'm taking a biology class that is going to be, they moved it to online completely, so it'll be no face-to-face interaction. And then the rest of them, are remote, which means it'll be all online, but we are required to have face-to-face meetings, so Zoom calls. Um, And I'm taking a Southern Studies as my minor, so I'm taking my last two classes in the fall and spring, and they're both seminar classes that were supposed to be two and a half hours, so I really don't know how that's going to work, Um, just having a seminar class online, so that'll be interesting. And then I'm taking a Education 301 class as an elective, And that's moved to remote. So we'll have face-to-face meetings and then an English class that got moved to online, which is just going to be super interesting. But we talked about this a little bit last time that that I had you on from a spring standpoint, you had a little bit of this. They obviously got moved online in the middle of the semester. It's not really a criticism of Ole Miss or anywhere because everybody's doing this. I mean, the big talk yesterday was Harvard going online only for, I think, the entire academic year, not just a semester and the crazy tuitions involved. What level of decreased learning interaction? I mean, what to, to what point do you feel like you're missing things or at least not getting maybe the full experience that you would have experienced otherwise with these online classes? Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like – I think I might have mentioned this in um, – the last time we talked, but I missed the wisdom from the professors. You know, when you're taking upper level level classes as a senior, you're getting that wisdom before you go into the real world and start your career and other stuff. So I was, I'm really going to miss that wisdom from the professors because when you get on a Zoom call, I feel like it's just like, let's spit all the information and then let's, you know, do what 
what you want with it. And so I really feel like I'm missing some good advice, some good in person. And I like those interactions with the professor and other people just because it just, you meet new people, build new relationships, other stuff like that. So it, it definitely is a decrease in what I am learning just because I don't have to make the effort to get up, go to class, go to Mm -hmm. campus. And it, I lack some motivation, definitely just losing, you know, being able to roll out of bed and get on a zoom call versus looking presentable for my peers and other things like that. So it definitely decreases a lot. Is it also because you're a little, I mean, you're pretty far along. I mean, you're going into your last full year as far as it, the classes are upper level, the classes are things where there is more interaction required. I mean, would you would you feel a little differently about it? I, mean, I, I know we're still missing the socialization and that type of thing, but from a pure lecture standpoint, if it was the big lecture hall classes as freshmen or something like that where everything is a little more memorization-based, I mean, do you think it's worse for somebody your age just from an academic level versus maybe a freshman? Oh, 100%. It is so different to get on a zoom call or watch a lecture on, you know, your computer. It's, it's difficult. It's hard to pay attention. Um, there's so many times where you can get on Facebook instead of actually listening and they can't tell that you're doing that. So it's definitely difficult. You don't have a choice kind of, I mean, you're trying to finish, you're, you're doing this. If you were younger, would you contemplate, or at least an incoming freshman, would you contemplate the gap year or to wait and see what happens? I mean, I, I, I don't, I know that's an individual base, but I mean, you are an out-of-state student. You're from Texas. You're not necessarily choosing Ole Miss for the ability to, you know, come hang out and do online classes, but you're kind of locked in a little more. I mean, had you been 18 and coming in, would you have contemplated a, a, a pause? Absolutely. I would have waited for everything to calm down and get that in-class experience. There's, it's just not the same. I would have waited and probably taken a gap year, you know, done something beneficial, but still waited to, you know, really jump into the whole school thing. What are they telling you guys as far as extracurricular activities, uh, Greek life, that sort of things? What, what, what do we know at this point from an Ole Miss standpoint? Yeah, I haven't heard too much about Greek life, but I mean, extracurriculars, but Greek life, we've gotten a few messages and some scenarios that they're working with. There's three scenarios for the rush, um, standpoint. They're going to try, they're going to go with, they're hoping to go with scenario one, which is an online Greek day, which you would have virtual zoom meetings. I don't really know how it's going to work. And then everything else would be in person, but still practice social distancing. And then Scenario two is with two days Zoom meetings and then the rest social distancing. And then scenario three is the worst case and then like an all online um, situation. So that's all I've really heard about Greek life. I know people can still move into houses and um, we got a message about how chapter meetings are going to look and other things like that. So I think they're going to try and keep it all online as well. Obviously, you're dealing with faculty who potentially have some comorbidities. They have to make the best decisions for their own health and when in class and online. But as far as you personally, would you have felt safe to have a pretty normal experience this fall? I mean, what was sort of your mentality as far as for your own health and, and for the people around you? Had had that been an option where you had to choose in person, online, and then what else you were able to do or not do? Sure. I was actually talking about this yesterday. One of my classes only had seven people in it, and it got removed to remote. And that was the only class that I was just really hoping was going to stay in person. And I assumed that it was going to because there were so few people in it. Mm-hmm. And I know which room it is at Ole Miss. Um, so I was like, oh, we'll definitely be in the classroom. That room can fit 100 people for so little of students. It'll definitely be in person. And then I got the news that it was remote. I would have felt fine. And even if I had to wear a mask, which I was more than willing to do, I would have, I would have felt safe, just social distancing and, you know, staying away. And the professor stands at the front of class. So I would have felt safe. What's this been like for you? I mean, is somebody you're trying to finish up school, trying to get into the workforce, everything's gone so crazy over the course of the, the, the last six months. And really just, you know, society in general with all the things going on locally with monuments and flags and everything and whatnot. I mean, has it been, 
how have you kind of had to find normalcy? Um, is there any normalcy? And then, like, we you know from a from just a time period standpoint and all the crazy things that are going on. How did what's sort of the, the the mentality as you're you're going into another phase of your life soon? I would say I have a pretty positive outlook on all of it. Um, I feel like everyone has done a good job of keeping normalcy up um, with going online, but it is different. But my mentality, I've definitely gained more motivation just going in and kind of when I got the news that it was on remote, I was like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's do it. I don't, you know, I just want to finish it out at this point, which looking back a while ago, I mean, say four months ago, I was like, oh, slow down, hold the reins, you know, but now I'm just looking forward to kind of getting it over with. Well, and it's the deal, too, where I, I, I'd ask you a couple things. I said we may talk about this, just some advice, some things we used to know, some some of, some of that standpoint. I remember when I started college a while ago, everybody uh, everybody said, you know, hey, treat it like a job, where it's, hey, you get up in the morning, you have a really set routine, you do this, you do that. And even if your class schedule doesn't do that, you, you're, you're feeling productive. You're getting up, you're getting dressed, you're acting like kind of the day is going on where you're not sitting around at 1 or 2 o'clock. And I think that that's something that I've still battled, not necessarily battled, but I've had to keep with me because I work from home. I mean, we don't, we don't deal with customers necessarily face-to-face very often. Everything's over the internet. You don't have to necessarily do that. So it has a college feel to it from that standpoint. And I think that's probably what has stuck with me more than any other thing is to still get up, set some sort of routine. And I have to think that's more vital than ever before for you, given the fact that, yeah, you're going to have these classes, you're going to have these helter-skelter meetings that you're not even sure where they're going to be. I mean, there's going to be a, somewhat of a semblance of just creating a normal day for you as in actually getting some things done, whether it be exercise or just kind of moving yourself from the bed of the couch each morning, I would assume. Yeah, I have just been trying to, especially during the spring semester when it was all online, I would... At the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, this rocks. I get to roll out of bed, get on my chick couch, go get a cup of coffee and listen to my professor. But I realized after the first two weeks that just wasn't going to work. So I still had to get up, get dressed, make my bed, um, try and drink my coffee before just so I was more focused listening in. And that was a really like just like you were saying, that was a really important thing for me to do just to stay in a routine and do the things that I did when I was still in class it made it feel a little more normal it's making the bed of one of those things for you if like hey i've accomplished something because I, I i'm bad about that that's not something and i'm overly whatever about is that, is, is that one of your big ones that's one of my big ones and i like to wake up to a clean room so i like to clean at night so that when you wake up in the morning you're like oh yeah i don't have to do anything but just roll out of bed but i do like to make my bed yeah you're kind of like zach barry and i was talking to him on yesterday's podcast he was talking about even while he's cooking he'll clean while he cooks and that's something I cannot do. Like I can, I can clean the kitchen when I'm done. But he's talking about like seriously, like, hey, I'm gonna rinse the pots out. I'm gonna go put it in the dishwasher while I'm still cooking. I'm like, yeah, you're you're a level of OCD beyond what I what what I might be. Oh no, when I'm cooking, it's pots and pans everywhere, and I'm more than happy to clean up afterwards. But during it, doesn't look too pretty. You're in this last year. You've kind of you've had all the the normal college experience you're gonna have. I mean, hopefully, you know, the spring looks different, but whatever. Is there one or two things that maybe you wish you had done differently, things that you kind of wish you had known when you started college? I mean, where, where, where do you feel like some of your, your, your growth has been and things that you, um, you've at least kind of learned in, in, from experiences through uh, the course of these last three, three years or so? Yeah. Um, one thing going in, I would have definitely want someone to tol- tell me how much college is changing. Nothing's ever the same. Um, It goes by so quickly and you're faced with a new situation pretty much every day. New professors, new people you're going to see, new people you have to work with, new faces, all of that thing. So I wish someone would just would have just said, be more adaptable, Um, really adapt to those changing situations. And I feel like I learned that later in college, how adaptable you really have to be. And I wish someone would have told me going in, make the best of those situations. Um, It's going to change. And who you are freshman year is not going to be who you are senior year. And don't, 
you know, you're going to have a shambly night. You're going to drink too much. You're going to... You're going to fail a test and it's all going to change and it's going to be fine. Just be adaptable to those situations and grow into, you know, who you want to be as your senior or graduating self. At what point in college did you kind of go, hey, I got to figure out what I want to do job wise. I got to kind of set a direction here. But at what what point was there sort of that maturation of, okay, this, there is a purpose at the end of this that I probably ought to try to figure out at some point. Oh yeah. It was junior. Well, I felt freshman and sophomore year, I was taking those core classes And the core classes can kind of be like, oh, this is painful. Just I have no interest in geology, but I had to take it. Um, So I think it was the beginning of this year when I started taking my upper level journalism classes. I was like, ah, I got to figure this out. I really got to find my niche. And I think I've told you before, I just haven't completely decided what field of, you know, I want to go into. So getting into the upper level classes were a big eye opener. And I was like, Oh, okay. I got to start figuring this out. What draws you into journalism or communications in general? I mean, what is it about the overall field that you, that you like or think potentially is something you want to do? I would say I really enjoy the aspect of reaching so many people with one piece or one story or one radio piece or anything. I just, I really like that aspect of being able to reach so many people with just one voice. That's always really intrigued me about journalism. I just, I also like to genuinely storytell. I, people have told me, oh my gosh, you're a good storyteller, you know, sometimes a little dramatic, but they have to scale that back in journalism. So I really just, I just want to tell a story. That's what I've always been intrigued by. And I think one of my professors in the beginning was like, really, all you're doing is telling a story. And I was like, I got this. Quickly learned that it was a lot more than just spitting out a story. But I've always been intrigued just by storytelling as it is. Obviously, you're doing some of this now with us and different things. How, how do you kind of plan on trying to pare that down into whatever that what, 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 what does become in a year or so? I, you know, I've really been... Since the beginning, I don't know if I've told this story yet, but when you and Neil came and spoke to my class, I was like, "Oh, these guys are cool. I like what they do." And it was like two years ago, right? You were, yeah, you were, you, you were three or four, three or four talks ago at this point. Yeah, it was fall of my sophomore year, so about two years ago. Okay. And I was like, "This is really neat," and it's something that I hadn't thought about doing. You know, I went in and I was like, "I am going to be the next Aaron Andrews." Well. A thousand other people want to be the next Aaron Andrews. So I was like, okay. And then I started thinking, oh, well, I really enjoy radio. I enjoy, I need something to express my personality a little bit more than just reading something or, you know, reporting something. And I feel like what y'all do, y'all get to do that. And radio wise, you get to do that. You get to, Just connect more. And so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking just how y'all connect with your viewers and um, other things like that. It's just, I see that connection in other fields of journalism. And so I'm definitely going to look for something around those lines. Tucker Burke in the show to tell you about Community Mortgage, located in Oxford, Memphis, Seto County, and Chattanooga, one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis, so you can look at underwriting and understand your market, leader in condo financing, the float-down option, and much more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Podcast also brought to you by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. Tyson's utilizing a walk-up window, and G&M is offering curbside service available there in Oxford. Both stores are open for regular business hours, and they're still dedicated to free local delivery and same-day delivery as well. To find out more, you can give them a call, 662-236-2222. G&M right there on South Lamar in Oxford. And then also, if you're injured and not sure where to go, no matter where you are, especially with the PD Group, has you covered with three convenient locations in Tupelo, Oxford, New Albany. No referral is needed to schedule an appointment with one of SOG's fellowship-trained subspecialized surgeons at any one of the three locations. 24-hour access to scheduling. SOG makes it easy to accommodate you. Call 767-4200 or request an appointment on their website at www.sogms.com. Special orthopedic group. Choose a specialist. Choose SOG. 
it kind of plays back into what I asked a second ago, though, because you had to kind of get to that point. Because, like you said, it mean, took you know it was two years before you know you reached out, and we all kind of got, got this thing and this ball rolling. But it was not something that necessarily crossed your mind during the semester when we uh, when we talked to your class. Yeah, I was just thinking, and I was like, you know, I don't really know if I'm built out to report other things like that. Let me start looking into other things, mm-hmm. and ended up in a great situation. So it it takes some time. If you're not gonna. I mean, not for me at least. I'm not going to figure it out in a day. It took me almost three years to figure it out, but you'll figure it out. What have you heard from home? I mean, how are things going in Texas with all this stuff versus here? I mean, you you were, you were home for a week or so. You got a little bit of an idea from that. But, well, you know, we keep hearing about, I know Governor Abbott put some different things in, the whole mask requirement statewide and different things. What are what are your parents or whomever kind of telling you? What's what, 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 are, what are similar or different from the two states right now? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say... Texas is, it was very different when I was home. It was just no mask if you didn't want to. Restaurants were at 75 or 50%. It was very, very laid back in the situation where people weren't even wearing masks in the grocery store. And then the cases spiked. And he, and people, I mean, I saw friends from home going to the bars and just really doing the same thing they did before COVID. Mm -hmm. So, it was. It's definitely different, but I think with the things Governor Abbott, Abbott has done now, it looks similar to Mississippi and what we're doing here in Oxford. So um, there's still some differences in the sense it was really before, but now since all the stuff has come out, I think it looks very similar to what Oxford's doing. You're not necessarily independently, you know, I, I, I guess um – from a base point of you're not affected day to day from an economy standpoint or what this thing looks like locally in in, in the fall. But how much do you just worry about, you know, football, no football, like I said, extracurriculars? I mean, is there sort of a middle ground on what kind of you're even hoping for for the beginning of your your final year as far as what you may be able to do? Because, I mean, we always talk about it from the standpoint of, I mean, we're all tied so economically to it. I mean, our website's built around Ole Miss football in different ways, whether it be playing or recruiting because they're in a dead period right now. But what's kind of best case in your mind for just a student or what the fall may look like I mean what are you what, what are you hoping for I'm hoping always for a football season yeah, yeah. there's just an energy around football season that is kind of as a student at least I mean for everyone um is definitely special and like I said last time it's the reason I chose to go to Ole Miss was just that energy surrounded by the Grove and the stadium and just everything Ole Miss But I always think about the little guys in the situation and the people who cater to the tents, the people who clean up, the people who bring the tents, the people who do all of the little things that make football so great that are just going to suffer. And I really feel for those. And it's their livelihood in a lot of ways. I mean, it's their livelihood. And I just, I've been thinking about that a lot lately is like everyone, I know, I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks about it, but the big picture is, the square and all. And I've just been really feeling for the little guys who aren't going to get that. So I'm hoping for a football season, late start, spring start, just give it to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm the, you mentioned the spring thing. I mean, we talked about it. I talked about it with Zach a little bit yesterday. The Ivy League is uh, likely going to announce that they're going to wait for the spring until they play. Um, they're going to announce on Wednesday, sorry, that they're stopping fall football. They're probably going to go to a spring schedule. And I saw a lot of media stuff yesterday about how this could be a domino for uh, other conferences. It could be something they follow. I'm still not necessarily buying that, um, even more so than yesterday, because they only play themselves. The Ivy League plays an Ivy League schedule where you're not necessarily beholden other conferences. You can do everything in a very isolated way. And it's not it's a non-revenue. It's not where they're counting on the big TV contracts that other schools are, other conferences are. They can they can kind of isolate and do whatever they need to do from that standpoint. So I, I still believe that if it becomes a domino, it's one of the dominoes where they already were leaning that direction and it gives them cover. It gives them a reason to go ahead and with it. If you're the sec or the big 12 or the big 10 or whomever it is. And you know, they, they, they need the, they need the TV money. They've just got to play the games, whatever it takes to get the TV money, frankly, from a business standpoint, not to, not to go against safety. That's not my point, but for from a business standpoint, you just got to play the games. Uh, I was asked on the, uh, the board this morning, 
Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of clarify here. Yeah, Ole Miss lost around sixteen to eighteen million dollars during the NCAA probation stuff because they lost the bowl revenue around eight million dollars both seasons. They only get half of that back. That was something that Keith talked about when he was on our show a couple weeks ago, and I answered a question on the board. So. In December of 2022, they will get $8 million back. Um, they won't get the full 16 or 18 or whatever it is. It's half that's sitting in basically an escrow account until that point. So that was one little bit of uh, news there. And the other thing I had written down is um, Ole Miss baseball players are getting kind of going in some of their summer leagues a little bit. Carl mentioned that uh, the Northwoods League is going on right now. Derek Diamond pitched for the first time yesterday in, uh, in that Hope to have a little more on that, but they, so they are getting some reps in. There's some normalcy for some of the athletes as they uh, as they move forward. Yeah, I mean it, it is. It's what it's what we've talked about because we always mention. I don't know why this is. Um, I, I know it's obviously something we all deal with. It's something we see in a front in, in a very front view, and it's something that's true. But we always talk about you know hospitality workers, restaurants, bars, and while that is completely accurate. This thing is so much more widespread than that. I mean, from from a standpoint of municipal employees all the way through. I mean, everything is linked in this town where if this thing, you know, because of online-only students, because of, of, of no football or at least a delayed football start or any football impacted in any way whatsoever, yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of tentacles, and it's uh, it, it's pretty far-reaching. I mean, have you talked to any of uh, your friends, other students? I mean, do you expect anybody to, even if they're normally here, do you expect them to go home and do online classes from home? I mean, what, what are you sort of hearing on how the population of students could be different this fall? Oh, absolutely. I have heard a lot of different things and I've always said I'm paying rent, so I'm going to mm-hmm. stay. I'm going to, I'm not going to sit at home. Um, as a 21 year old, I'm not going to go back home. I mean, like I love going home to visit, love my parents, love my family, but I'm just, I'm not. And I've, heard from a lot of people that staying home, you know, it's financially smart. It's easier. It, it just, it makes sense for a lot of people. And I've heard, I mean, there's no, nothing holding you back from staying at home, especially if all of your classes removed to remote, you can work from anywhere. So the population, oh, it's going to look, it's going to look very different. What's kind of your goal then to, I mean, are, are you're sort of treating this sort of like whatever you're doing with us, your school, and in, in, in general, you're kind of getting a head start on just sort of living life a little bit, aren't you? I mean, it's from, as far as, in, in a way, you get sort of a dress rehearsal year to go, hey, this is, I've got a job, I'm on my own, it's not a complete college experience. I mean, in some ways, you kind of get that head start in, in, in a weird way. I was thinking about that not too long ago, and I, I do, just with the tasks and other things like that, I have felt like... I'm getting a little jump start into what I'm going to do after. So that's been really neat to just address and see how it's working out. And it's it's nice because I, a lot of people don't get that. So I'm really fortunate. And I was just thinking about that not long ago. I was, I was like, oh, cool. I'm kind of getting a head start. And I get to, you know, take remote classes and work. At what point would the anxiety build in when you feel like you've got to send a thousand resumes all over the country and hope something, hope something pops? When does that, when, when does that hit? Someone asked me that other day. Uh, it's going to hit probably Christmas break. You could say January is what it feels January, like. January, yeah. I'm going to start sending the resumes out, getting them there. And one of my classes this semester that removed to remote was a resume building class. And that's all you do. Uh, it was an elective. And now I'm like, how the heck are you going to critique? I mean, I guess I can send it to you over email, mm. but I want that in-person no, don't put that. Don't put this. Don't put that. And so I think probably around January, I'll start sending me a thousand resumes and getting ready. Do you schedule Zoom office hours with professors? I mean, when, when you've got a Zoom, I mean, it's everybody obviously there. I mean, are, are the mics on where you can ask questions? Do you have to raise your hand? I mean, what is sort of the practicality of the of the group sessions? And then is there a time period for most classes where the teachers are available? I mean, what does that look like to get any one-on-one instruction? It's funny that you bring that up because I one of my biggest pet peeves as a student in classrooms is when people talk over the mm-hmm. professor and it just it bothers me. I'm like, just throw a hand up. We've been doing it since we were in kindergarten. Throw a hand up. Just it's so easy. And during Zooms, that was so bad is because you're not going to raise your hand in a Zoom meeting. I mean, you can, but no one really did. They would just they would all like everyone would come in at the same time and the professor would be like, well, who said that? Well, who said this? Well, who said that? And I was like, 
oh, this is horrible. But usually all my professors would say, hey, if anyone has questions, stay after. Y'all can get out of here, but if you have a question or need to meet with me, I'll stay on for 15 extra minutes and we can chit chat. So that's kind of how it worked. But I'm sure they'd be available if you were like, hey, I need to Zoom about something. And one of my teachers um, for my advanced reporting class she actually called us on the phone at the beginning of it. She called all our students on the phone and just said, hey, here's what we're doing. Um, we're going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I really appreciated that clarity right from the beginning. That saved so many questions and saved so much time wondering things. And I would, I really, really appreciated the phone call. How do you do advanced reporting online? Did you? Did, I mean, did you guys have any projects after that point? I mean, what 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 was what was an assignment once you once you get to that that level? We still had to do stories. So every Wednesday it was a five hour class, and it was from ten a.m. to three p.m. And at ten you would pitch your story, and then in a Zoom meeting. In well, in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would pitch your story, and then you'd have to have it done, edited in for Newswatch at three p.m. And then after. Just when she gave us that phone call, she was like, you're going to do still do stories and you're going to just do FaceTime for your interviews. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my packages and I was, of course, in Oxford and she gave so much lenience on what stories you can do. Do it in your hometown. Find something that you can do. And even if you have to get B-roll from YouTube, just do something. And so I did a lot of neat stories just about like I did one about delivery drivers that actually ended up probably being one of my best packages from the class just doing it zoom wise I did it on delivery drivers and I can't I did some other ones that I can't remember but it was it was interesting but I mean it was it was work but you could take b-roll and it was all from your phone which was really nice and we, of course, got access to Premiere and all those other things to edit. So re- advanced reporting was actually one of the easier ones to complete. What was the class that was impossible online? What was the hardest mm-hmm. one? Nobody's fault. We're not being critical. Just No, not critical. Just the truth. Yeah. Um. Okay, let me think. I would say my journalism capstone class, my 456 class, just because... What is that? that It is like, so basically learning how to be a better storyteller and just a better journalist in a whole. And um, it's a really great class. I really enjoyed it. It's I kind of did my first... We had like a podcast assignment. Mm -hmm. And so I did an audio piece about The Bachelor And it was just something really fun to do, get in front of the camera, you know, do my homework, stuff like that. But it was really hard to learn online. And by the end of the year, you're supposed to, your final is like in a thousand word story on just something that, you know, you wanted to write about basically. And it was just impossible. Trying to find sources. And then he turned it into, hey, write about COVID. And I was like, oh. Gosh, but it made sense during the time to talk about COVID right. because that was in the height of it. But it was just, it was a mess. And I felt like in that class also, there were some really cool projects and other things like that that we missed out on. So that one was probably my most impossible one. I hate Neil's not here. You know, he watches The Bachelor every time. He's he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a weekly uh, viewer. So he's. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to pick his brain on some few things because. I'm a I'm a weekly viewer as well. Yeah, he he says he just does it to make fun, but I'm not sure I believe him. It's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, no, you're 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 highly educated in this topic, no and it goes across all the different it. levels. I think my dad started saying that for a while too. He was like, I only watch it just so I can you know know what's going on. I'm like, you are not. You like the drama. You're getting all caught up in it. Do you watch all different ones? Are we talking Bachelor, Bachelorette? Are we talking all the Bachelor pads, the Paradise? What 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 are we doing? What's the level here? <laughs> bachelor pad. Um, I watch the Bachelor, the Bachelorette. I don't get into the Paradise and stuff like that. People just get uh, different that, on the that that, that, that that's where it gets trashy for you. That that's the that's the line. <laughs> that's too far. 
<laughs> the paradise is where I draw the line. I am not watching that. Or that musical thing they did a couple months ago. They did like the, the Bachelor, but it was like the musical or the singing or whatever. There was no way I was going to watch that. Okay. There's no way. That's that's where I draw the line. I'm Bachelor and Bachelorette, and I get into it when I'm into it. But Paradise, I don't really care. Do you read Reality Steve ahead of time, or are you being surprised? What are we doing? I am surprised. People who look up the spoilers, it drives me crazy. And then somebody was telling me recently they read all the spoilers, and they find out who wins, and then they watch the show just to see their connection and how they like develop. I was mm-hmm. like, what on earth? Like, there's no way. I am watching. I'm going to be surprised. And I always make a list of who I think is going to win from the very beginning. I'm usually pretty accurate. I won't lie. How do you get your news these days? Are you you reading things online? Are you doing podcasts, radio? I mean, to to what level and kind of what percentages would you say that you, you, you obtain news? Yeah, I definitely wasn't as active on Twitter as I was before I started working for y'all. I like to look at Twitter. I like to see what's going on now. I would say I get most of my news from social media. And I'll occasionally type in something on my laptop if I want to look further into something. Because I feel like a lot of times on social media, you're just getting a snippet of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to dive in. And I want the whole, I want the details. So I usually get all my news from social media and then if I need to look further into something or clarify something, I'll type it in and look at a news site. At any age, it's not, I mean, our generation does it. Generations older than me does it. Your generation does this to a point where you get into seeing the same news in the same places where there's almost a confirmation bias where you're expecting one type of, not necessarily spin, but one one angle to something and you just keep reading it over and over again. Is there is there something where you... I mean, are you aware of that? Is that something you have to protect against and try to check different things? I mean, how does how, how do you sort of maintain, hey, let me figure out what potentially the true scope is here of what I'm reading based off some uh, some different sources and not just kind of going to the same place each time? Absolutely. I have always been told since the beginning of school, and I definitely wasn't that way. To be honest, before I became a journalism student, I didn't read the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the news. It made me sad. I was just like, I'm just not going to. And then once I got into school, I mean, that is the first thing they drill into your head. Watch, read, listen, get as much news going in as possible, because that can only make you better from a journalism standpoint is listening to other people and learning from other people. So I would say the best way I do that is just by following different places Mm -hmm. and looking for my news in different spots and like I said if I see something that I'm like that just that doesn't clarify it enough for me I'll go look it up on another website or just try and find you know the truth essentially what's going on the Oxford Exxon podcast also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill Iron Horse Grill located at 320 East Pearl Street in Jackson live music four times per week the perfect place to enjoy lunch dinner or Sunday brunch it's also one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list. Let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Dead Soxy discounts are back. And while some prices may have risen on the website, the MPW Digital Network podcast and Rebel Grove subscribers will always have access to the best Dead Soxy discounts available. So use promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. Get 30% off the best dress socks you'll ever put on if you were on the fence about getting your kids a pair of the limited edition socks. Use promo code REBELGROVE. Get a pair for you and your child. They'll love them. You will too for under 5 bucks. De- shutdown deals with a promo code combination are available in select styles. So go to deadsoxy.com and make your day a soxy one. Our friends from Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce that on October the 16th, the Friday before the Florida game, Blue Delta Jeans will be hosting the second annual Delta Cup Golf Tournament. Oxford Exxon listeners may remember that last year's Delta Cup was taken home by Chase Parham and company, so this year's Delta Cup will be your opportunity to challenge the reigning victors. Tea time will be at 10 a.m. at Mossy Oak Golf Club, and your registration fee will include green and cart fees, food and drinks on the course, as well as a pair of a new pair of Blue Delta Jeans. Prizes will be up for grabs for hole-in-ones, 
closest to the pin and longest drive. The field's going to be limited to 18 teams, so don't wait. Email Tyler, that's T-Y-L-E-R, at BlueDeltaJeans.com to reserve your spot, and they'll see you on the course. We have a amount of my money up uh, from taped earlier this week with Romero Miller. That is brought to you by Pinnacle Trust, Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. They treat investing like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you at Pinnacle Trust. Uh, They go the extra mile just for you, and all you got to do is tell them that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. We're also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Thinking about getting away after four months of uh, lockdown, pandemic lockdown. John knows where all the deals are. He knows what's open, what's kind of open, what's closed. He knows uh, all of that because he's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Get in touch with him. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. And he will give you options you can't find on your own. And you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email. Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well. It's just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances, up to $50,000, and refund ATM fees nationwide. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. You can get in touch with them at 901-365-3447 or email ben, B-E-N, at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we're brought to you by the law firm of Bain, Moss, and Bowen, PLLC, located in historic downtown Corinth. Their firm practices a wider range of law, from DUI defense to car wrecks to representing government entities. It's the only firm in Mississippi made up of a sitting state legislator, a former assistant district attorney, and a former circuit judge. Their experience is unmatched, and you can tap into that experience by seeing them at 618 East Walden Street in Tupelo or by calling them at 662-287-1620. Kind of back to the topic for a second ago. What are you? Uh, what, 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 what do you? What, what are you cooking? You got a couple of things you're pretty good at at this point. What are we? What are we doing? Are we doing a lot of takeout? I mean, how, how are you kind of? How are you kind of handling the, the the lack of uh, you know open restaurants and different things around town? Yeah, I am. I'm a takeout person. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I love and I like. <laughs> this sounds really weird, but I like going to restaurants and I like being served. Like I like you know, sitting I mean, there and someone. I feel like a lot of people like that. It's just like kind of weird to admit. Um, but I like going to restaurants and I like sitting down and I just like the whole shebang of it. I'm not a big takeout person. I don't want soggy fries. I want them fresh right mm-hmm. in front of me. And I, I've definitely been cooking more. I make chicken and okay. I've become a pretty dang good griller. Have you really? I have. And all we have outside is like the little grill from Walmart, like the red and black one that just you know, just the standard yeah. beginner. Yeah. But I, I've, I've done pretty good. And it wasn't like I had to like look up a video or anything like that. I just kind of have watched and learned. And then I started like getting after it. And now I don't even want to cook anymore. I'm like, 
grilled chicken tastes way better than in the oven. And chicken's hard. That's the hardest one because I mean, getting it done and not drying it out. I mean, that's did did you screw up any early? I mean, we have some we have some disasters or what? I cheat. I use a thermometer. Okay. Always. Well, I mean, no, it's not cheating. No, no, no. That's not cheating. I mean, cheating is like. Chris Malloy, the golf coach, and we had him on a few weeks I ago, and he uses the rec tech thing, and it's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I just look at my app, and it tells me when it's done. I'm like, okay, now that's cheating. That that's completely cheating. That's crap. But no, we're you're you're good. So like, I mean, you're gonna be like, hey, do I get the egg here soon? Like, am I trying to upgrade? Am I trying to get the whole deal? I know. I and then one time I made a steak, and it was just beautiful, and there was nothing better. I felt like it was like a a proud moment, which sounds so weird because like when I take something out of the oven, I'm not like, Oh my gosh, I'm so proud. But after you take it off the grill, you have like a sense of pride and you're like wanting everyone to enjoy it. It's, it's a weird feeling, but I've gotten a lot better at it. It's the thing that has happened during the quarantine and during the pandemic all the way around is everybody has one or two things. Like everybody's better at something, whether it's some people have lost weight, they're exercising more, they become great grillers. I mean, they're reading. I mean, it's it's like everybody picked up a hobby or two and it's like an obsession now. It is absolutely their thing because I, I kind of did, did it with grilling a little bit too. Like I, I was like, okay, I'm really going to learn the egg. Like we're going to get into this thing. We're going to start moving the dials. We're going to buy some more accessories and attachments and we're going to learn how to smoke on this bad boy. I mean, this is what we're doing so yeah everybody's got something and i i think you've kind of jumped to this one too it's like yeah we're just gonna learn how to grill we're gonna cook yeah, that's what we're gonna just, do one day i was like yeah i just want to grill and it's nothing fancy and it's usually just like a chicken or burger or steak but it was i didn't know how to do it before quarantine so that's a positive what's the next thing you got to grill then what are we what was what's the next level what are we moving up to grill wise yeah yeah yeah. what do you no like food what, what's the what, what's the oh. what's the thing we haven't done yet that we gotta we gotta, you gotta knock out um, you know, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I want to do a seared tuna. Oh, okay. Because it's easy. And there's a place I always go to at home and it's like a steakhouse and they have this like seared ahi tuna. And I mean, all you do is just get a really hot grill and slap it on. That's all you do. But I think I've tried or tried something before and it's never as good. So I was saying, I was like, I think I might have to do some... Maybe fish or something. I don't know. Yeah, LBs has done salmon. tuna, swordfish. You can go pick it up there. They can uh, they can handle that. Yeah, you're just getting it as hot as possible and just 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 popping it, just, just searing it a little bit and yep. get it off. Yeah, a little lemon, a little olive oil, and move on. Uh, oh yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I need to try some more things because now all it is is strictly steak is like every once in a while, and it's just chicken and burgers, chicken and burgers, <laughs> chicken and burgers, but. There's something about the, the the steak when you when you get pretty good at the steak because not a lot of restaurants do a great steak. So when it's when when you get to that point where hey I can do it better at home I can do it better on my own there is there is an there's an accomplishment with that where you almost get a little arrogant. It's like oh no I I don't need to go there for a steak because I can just do it right <laughs> do here. It. I mean there is there's a there's a pride point that you get to that is frankly a little obnoxious but I think everybody has it at some level. Oh yeah, and I've like started to notice things is like. I'll get a different brand of charcoal and I'll be like, oh, this one is terrible. The match light is way better. And I'm like, who have I turned into? I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't taste as good on this charcoal. Or like this charcoal is just better. And I'm like, what am I doing? Are you at the point but, like you're going to critique your dad when you go home? Like, no, that's not how you're doing it. Like, that's, oh, no. that's, that's a little wrong. My dad would be like, don't even start. <laughs> that is his thing. Are we still training for runs? What are we doing? You got you, you had a you're contemplating a half marathon last time I talked to you, I think. I had um I was doing really good and then I went to the beach for my birthday and it slowly declined because there was no way I was gonna go on an eight mile run on my twenty first birthday. There's just mm-hmm. wasn't happening. And so I'm slowly getting back into it. Today is a get back into it day and then this Saturday will be a long run day don't really know how long I'm gonna do but and then I just have to find a half marathon somewhere but I was saying the other day is I think I'm not like fully prepped for it yet but I think I could go out and do it at this point are we sure they're gonna be half marathons I mean that's something I haven't thought about that with the pandemic I mean are are there any runs scheduled at any point that are not just for professionals or something along those lines I mean the the quote fun run I think is kind of off the books right now isn't it that's what I was gonna say the one that I was like planning to do in October is the 
I think it's the Great 38, yeah, right? I, yeah, I did that last year. Yeah, yeah. Planning on doing that um, just to kind of, you know, get my foot in the door, first race, just have some fun with my first one. And I don't know if that's going to happen. And so I was hoping if all goes well and I can really get after it, I was going to do the full in Nashville um, next April. That was kind of my plan. I started in April. I was going to do it in April, had a whole year to do it, the whole shebang. But who knows if that's going to happen. About a m- month, month and a half out from, from college starting back, kind of last couple of things here. Do you Does it feel like school starting back with the current situation, or do you sort of feel like it's just a continuation of what you're currently doing now because of everything going on? I mean, is there is there is there an excitement at all to everything getting kicked back started? I wouldn't say there's an excitement like there normally is. And I always look forward to, you know, meeting professors and seeing who's in my classes. And that is non-existent, to be completely honest. So I'm still looking forward to that last year, of course, any some form I can get of it. But I it doesn't it doesn't feel like that excitement of going back into school. And that may change in a month right before we start school. It always could. But right now, it's the excitement's not there. Because really the only thing you kind of have from that standpoint is anything Rush-related, right? Because, I mean, that's the one time where you think there's at least the hope that you're going to have some type of in-person communication, interaction with uh, with, with either your peer groups or students or, 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 you know, advisors or anyone. Yeah, that's the only really form of normalcy that is going to come out of this semester, which is definitely a bummer, but at least it's something. Hey, I'll take anything at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's 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 potentially better than it could have been. I mean, Ole Miss has – I will give Ole Miss credit. They, 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 they asked the faculty what they wanted to do. They, they, they allowed people that have health risks to avoid um, in-person classes. They're allowing faculty that do want to have in-person classes to have those in-person classes. I mean, you see a lot of stories, the one coming out of Georgia Tech a couple of days ago, where I think 800 of the 1,100 um, faculty all had, had issues because they were told – Hey, masks aren't required. They were basically told what to do as far as what the, uh, the the schedule was from the fall. So Ole Miss is trying to gain a lot of information from different people. They're trying to proceed as close to possible as they uh, as they can. Because yeah, there's no exact science here. I mean, you're seeing a lot of like I said, a lot of Ivy League stuff come out this week. I know Rutgers went crazy online only. I saw that pop out yesterday as well. So it's been a it's why when it comes down to football, I still believe that this ends up being a state by state thing, um, which is going to create some issues. But I, I just I can't see how the NCAA or even conferences can put in hard and fast rules all the way through because, I mean, these conference footprints now, but through TV and different reasons, they're they're covering a huge span of areas where not every state's the same. Some states are dealing with more outbreaks and hot spots than other ones, and there's no there, there's no uniform safety thing that they can put in nationally to make all this thing make sense. I mean, it's it's a it's a huge puzzle, but it feels like it's going to come down to the states on a state by state level. Yeah, I can agree, and yeah, kudos to Ole Miss really for even though it is frustrating just to remove, I mean, to move to remote and other things like that, but they did give, they gave the option. And I feel like a lot of other places didn't give that option. So I appreciate that just from a small fish in a big pond. It's, it's nice to have an input. Yeah. So we will uh, wrap there for the uh, day. Haley joining us today again, Zach, tomorrow. More podcasts to you throughout the uh, the week as we go. And then uh, in the weeks ahead, Neil will come back on Saturday or Sunday. We'll at some point resume a normal schedule, get back to probably some more morning shows, some more live shows on YouTube as uh, hopefully um, practice increases, sports stay on somewhat of a schedule for the fall. So uh, thanks for hanging out today. For Haley, for Chase, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.